We're glad you joined us today. We know the road may feel isolating, but we are here to go along this journey with you and love the call to action. Rock Up Buttercup is a podcast hosted by Deployed Love. We're going to join together and chat about all things military life. So you know the drill. Rock Up Buttercup! Hey, everybody. I am so excited to have you guys back on our podcast. We're back for another episode. I hope everybody loved the first episode. Um, We are really excited. I'm here with Ashley. It's just the two of us today. And we're really excited because we have our first guest speakers on. We have Vince and Donna Guzman. They are from My Beloved Married Ministry. They're here at Fort Bragg. Um, Their ministry is a nonprofit organization that believes that a strong marriage and strong parenting equals a strong home, and a a strong home creates a strong army. Why don't you guys go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and your ministry and maybe some of the things that you do here at Bragg? Well, sure. Uh, A little bit about ourselves. Don and I, uh, we actually met back in June of 1981. Uh, We were at a dance club in Chicago on the north side of Chicago. (laughs) And and, uh, obviously I'm not from the north side of Chicago. (laughs) And uh, I I saw Donna and I asked her if she would like to dance. And so we're on the dance floor, uh, dancing quite a bit. And when a slow song came on, um, I asked her if she would like a cocktail. She said, yes. And so I said, well, what would you like to drink? And she said, I'll have a Tom Collins. Oh, Tom Collins. Wow, I don't even know what that is. I got a sophisticated lady here. So uh, I've uh, asked her to, uh, it, during our cocktails, you know, you start asking those surface questions, where are you from, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But she kind of looked familiar when I was dancing on the floor with her. And um, my questions started getting from surface, it started moving more and more deeper down. And Donna's smile started to be more of like concern on her face. Yes, she says, I said, who are you? Because his questions were getting very personal. Mm -hmm. And so I said, well, who are you? And I says, it's me, your cousin Vince. Now. (laughs) 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 But essentially, um, her mom and dad were best man and maid of honor to my parents' wedding. And so out of respect, and they were always together. Uh-oh. Yeah, we go, you know, as kids, you go with your parents to visit mm-hmm. their friends and so on and vice versa. So we go with our parents to his house and he'd come over to our house with his parents. So. And these are, you know, when we're really young. Yeah, yeah I have some like that in my family too. They're like, yeah, we, same here, same here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So out of respect, we'd call her, uh, my, me and my brothers would call her mom and dad, aunt and uncle. Mm-hmm. And out of respect, she, her and her sisters would call my mom and dad, aunt and uncle. So that meant we call each other. Cousins. Right, yeah. <laughs> kind of grew up calling each other's cousins for, for a very long time. Yeah. But uh, it's always a cute story to kind of tell that. That is cute. Know. And then you guys met up and later in life again, which is exciting. And we we did. did, yeah. yeah. Now, as you yeah. get older, you don't go with your parents anymore to visit. <laughs> and then yeah. that's when we met on the dance floor. So. Yeah. yeah, and you guys didn't have social media. Like, I keep up with my cousins over social media, so I know where they are all the time. But <laughs> right. All right. Yeah. So a little bit of snippet about who we are, how we met. It's um, cute. It's cute. It's also really interesting because I know so many, so many military families have those aunts and uncles um, that are, you know, really good friends. Like, you know, I'm, I'm an aunt right now to a fellow military spouse in my husband's unit right now. And where we've become like family over the past year. And 
we can't really imagine it in another way. Yeah. I mean, when you're separated from your family, you have to build your own family. So you do, you have so many aunties and uncles. Community is very important. Yeah. Yeah. So Ashley, you want to tell your story? You want to hear your love, your love story too while we're here. (laughs) (laughs) Mine is kind of a a high school sweetheart. So I grew up military and um, we moved back here in 2000 six my senior year in high school um I bounced around to a different high school every year and we came back here stateside so I could get in-state tuition uh for um one of the universities that I was looking at North Carolina uh for college and um lived here on and off my whole life so it just kind of made sense that I'd come back to North Carolina and so I actually met my husband uh, my senior year of high school um it wasn't love at first sight (laughs) He was in a group of friends that I happened to kind of fall into. And there was this like little bet to see who was going to get to date me first, the new girl, which of course I found out about a little bit beforehand. And so I kind of milked it a little bit, but he snuck right in there. We've been together since 06, married 10 years, and we have two beautiful babies. Wonderful. Awesome. That's cute. It's very similar to my story, I guess. We met in middle school, but we, yeah, we never dated in high school. Like we were just really good friends. And then he visited me in college again, and we kind of got closer as friends at that point. And then he went off to military. And so I didn't hear from him for six months probably. And he came back over Christmas break from AIT and was like, Hey, I just really want to see you again. We got to talk. And we just kind of started dating and we got engaged very quickly after that. We got married even quicker after that. It was all within a year, basically of time frame. And, but we've been married, yeah, for almost 12 years this year. So it's been good for us. Yeah, congratulations. Wonderful. I think you, you caught up on it, but this coming July, Dan and I are going to celebrate 39 years of marriage. Amazing. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's the goal. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I always, uh, I always joke with my husband because I soar up, down, left, right. I would never marry a military man. <laughs> and after growing up military, and here I am. So, um, and I could not imagine another life. Like we lived in Texas for three years on recruiting duty in the civilian world. And I was going out of my mind. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't function appropriately in, in the civilian world. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, you get so it's, used so, to it. Yeah. 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 So can you tell us a little bit um, about your ministry, like the things that you do here at Bragg? We'd love to hear some of the programs. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my beloved, we just say MB for short. MB was uh, founded in, in January of 2000, uh, back home in Chicago. Don and I and another couple we began that ministry from our local church with the plan to equip couples with God's blueprint for, for being one flesh in marriage. From that, we developed more programs, um, the seven pillars that, that is currently used today. And those seven pillars helps us celebrate marriage rather than more from a, a counseling standpoint. So everything that we do within the marriage ministry, whether it's date nights or Sunday school or national events, community outreach. It's all in all with the gist of celebrating marriage mm-hmm. and parenting till death do us part. So uh, in 2014, I had the opportunity to come to Bragg and uh, we brought the ministry here to Fort Bragg. I quickly got uh, connected with the religious support office and through the religious support office, we were involved 
very quickly uh, with the director of religious education, Jeff Nevin, and we started teaching on Sunday night in, a, in conjunction when the kids were with, in, in Awanas. So we would teach Sunday night classes, communication, sexual intimacy, resolving conflict and love, finances, things associated, or I should say, yeah, things are associated with marriage, relationships, but all from a biblical perspective to help them understand, hey, God has thoughts and ideas and commands and decrees in these respective areas. And we should know what those are to help us maintain this one flesh. So right. Sunday nights we've been teaching, uh, we've also been teaching Sunday mornings at All-American Chapel. Through our ministry, we've had the opportunity to connect with a lot of couples. We've, let's say, networked with PWOC, networked with CWOC, and some of the other uh, parachurch military ministries. And uh, through word of mouth, people have been coming to the ministry. I think one of the benefits is that the couples, when they would PCS to another duty station, they would ask, hey, is there an MB over there? I'm like, well, no. Uh, <laughs> But through Zoom, we're still able to be connected with them. And in fact, Sunday nights, we're going through uh, marriage links. And we have a couple that PCS to Hawaii, who's still involved, a couple that PCS to uh, Fort Drum, uh, and a couple that just PCS to uh, Virginia. So we have those three couples that are still involved with us on Sunday nights, and we hope to continue to spread. Yeah, that's so exciting. Technology makes it so cool. You can stay connected that way. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think the, the last thing that we're doing is we are bridging our Chicago MB folks, which are which has been predominantly uh, all civilian into the military MB. And it's given them a sense of really under, understanding what the military family goes through. Um, they have a, you know, a general 50,000 foot idea, but never the, not the boots on ground day to day operations of what takes place uh, through a military family. And so their eyes are being opened, which has been a cool thing. Right, yeah, there is definitely so much more communication issues and stuff here. Sure, sure. definitely. So those are the kind of things, some of the things that we do. Love that. So in your opinion, so since we mostly deal with deployed families, that's who we are, group of people that we work with is, um, what's the best way to keep connected during deployments, because that is like the biggest issue is when you kind of are far away from each other and hard to stay in connection, I guess. Sure. So uh, one of the things that we would encourage is uh, just good old fashioned letter writing. I mean, <laughs> because of technology today, uh, people think that they can just print or shoot off an email or text and, or a text and, and, and it's good. Well, maybe good when you're stateside and you need to communicate, but being deployed, writing a, writing a letter. Yeah. Sending a card. Yeah, it's special, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just special. It, it it's is just special. special. Mm -hmm. You know, never mind. I went to basic training back in 1984. Mm -hmm. uh, and Donna sent letters all the time. Yeah, I still have all of mine that I received exactly um, back right. and forth. Exactly yeah. right, Ashley. I, I have every letter that Donna has sent me. And you keep those. Why? Why do you I, keep them? I did. I keep them because, like, it's a nice reminder. And I actually went through them probably about four months ago um when my husband rapidly well it was probably longer than that my husband was one of the one of the um soldiers that rapidly deployed at the beginning of the year 
of 2020. And, um, I was going through, uh, cleaning out the closets and things like that, just to keep myself busy. I found the letters and I went through them and I found this poem that he wrote. And I thought it was the cutest thing in the entire world. And I remember him, I remember going like, did you write this? Or did you like look it up on an email or what he, he goes, I have no idea. But I was like, this is so cute. So I actually framed it in the frame and it's now hanging up on our wall in our bedroom. I thought it was the cutest thing. And I completely forgot all about it. So it was so nice to go back and read all the little things that we were saying. Cause you know, we were both just, we went to college both for our first year. And then he decided just to just enlist. So, um, you know, I was still in my early years of college experiences. So it was really nice to see where our relationship was at that time compared to where it is now, 10 years later. Right. right. And those, those cards mean so much to you. And that's why you don't get rid of them, right? Nope. They're still in the box. Yeah. (laughs) And you don't save emails. You're not saving Mm -hmm. your text messages. No, (laughs) no, but that card you will save. I have all the cards from the flowers he sends, like the little notes. Um, all those are saved in a little box and I, I love them. The mailbox, right? And you get the mail from the mail. Exciting. All these bills, you know, or advertisement and whatnot, but your eyes kind of get a little bit bigger when you see a card Mm -hmm. because you know, it means something special, but then when you get it from your spouse, it's even better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like you're more likely to write your heart and that kind of stuff, like less complaining about the kids and the pipes that broke and, you know, like all the things that happened (laughs) during deployment, which is all we bombard them with every day with messages where if you sit down and write a letter, you're not going to write that stuff because it's not going to be relevant by the time it gets to them in the first place. (laughs) And like, you're going to write things to encourage them. And I, yeah, I agree that that like really will help you in your relationship. Mm -hmm. I think uh, another idea is going to be very similar to the letters, but it's actually voice. So um, I save some voicemail messages that Donna mm-hmm. has given. I also save some voicemail messages from our, from our grandkids. Uh, our oldest grandchild is now 16, our oldest grandchild. She sent me a text, a voicemail, s- a voicemail I'm sorry, sent me a voicemail uh, six years ago that I keep, that I, that I, I have it. I keep it. That's precious. Yeah. And the last time, she, the last time she was here, about two years ago, I played that for her, and her eyes just just lit up that I had kept this voicemail from six years ago. So yeah. <laughs> it's nice. But That's yeah. a great idea. I wish I had those for like grandparents and things like that, like yeah, those connections. Because like as a military spouse, you don't always get to go home. Right. every holiday and so that that's a, such a fantastic idea just so you know when one day when you're not feeling yourself or a hundred percent or you just you know need to hear a little extra encouragement that's such a great idea yeah i'm gonna start doing that i know that's so <laughs> sweet it is yeah, it's well, a good one um, keep it saved uh, another idea and i think this could help with couples as well is oh, when i came to brag uh, i was geo bachelor for about, for about nine months but Don and I continued our date nights. Mm-hmm. And essentially what we would do is we would watch a movie together or a sports game together or something. We'd watch it together. And uh, I would literally have the laptop next to me uh, so I can see her. And I'd have on the TV and she would have on the TV whatever we were watching together. <laughs> so we would have our adult beverage and we would have <laughs> yeah dates. yeah so that was yeah. one of the questions we we're gonna ask you it was like how do you have dates I mean it's all over the computer and it's great that it is because my first deployment back in 2009 
I mean, we didn't have that. We didn't. Yeah, there was none. (laughs) It was, you got a phone call maybe once, not even once a week, every couple of weeks. And that was about the most you got to hear from each other. So it is great to have the video, but I feel like people don't use it besides just kind of chatting with each other. Is there like date ideas that you have besides like, I mean, you just said TV, which is really fun and watching games, but yeah. I think the one of the biggest ones that we did was uh, when we had a mission in Honduras way back in the day. And uh, mm-hmm. Don and I, before, before I deployed, if you will, we agreed that at a certain time, so whatever time, local time was in Honduras and whatever time it was back in here at Fort Bragg, we would say, I love you. Mm-hmm. I miss you. Good night. So mm-hmm. we would say that at the same time to you know, look right. up at the stars or whatever yeah. the case may be. And <laughs> I think we look at the stars. Yeah, look yeah. at the stars. So we would... We had that going on. So every night, like clockwork, is, is, is that was a routine for us as well. That helped kept, keep us connected. Yeah. It was a very mm-hmm. special time for us. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the Ungame, but it's a little card deck. You can, It technically comes with like a board game that you can play, but it's just cards full of like questions you don't talk about with your husband. Like, you know, we always talk about money and kids and stuff, but it's just like fun things to learn about your husband, things you might not even after 10 years know about your husband. So it's like really cute cards that have just different topics. And I know that that's like when we do have a chance to talk face to face, because my husband is deployed right now. So um, when we do talk over Zoom or whatever, it's something that we pull out because otherwise we do. And I, I'm the worst about complaining about things. And I hate to like bombard him with that when he's working 12 hour days, you know, so that's one of our favorites is the ungame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you said the the love game, the book, the love game. Um, it's called the ungame. Oh, you the ungame. Gotcha. Yeah, it's just a little card deck that has like questions, just different oh, questions. Cool. You know, and, and it's funny because sometimes Vince and I will be talking about stuff, and I'll I'll say I didn't know you like that. Right. How you wanted to do that. We've been married almost thirty nine years. How could I? Not, I've known him all my life. How could I not know something? How could I be learning something new? But when you really start talking about uh, you know, our plan is to, to, once we retire, is to own a motorhome and go all around the country, go to military bases, share MB with mil- military couples, and hope to keep the ministry going. But I said to him recently, I said, where do you want our first trip to be? And he said, out west, we'll go out west. So these are the things that you can talk about on a date night, too. If we were in California, what would you like to see? Yeah. What, that, what would you like to see? Or um, if we were to build a cabin together, what would you like in your cabin? And what forest would you like it in? You know, mm-hmm. it, it may not ever come true, but it's just things that you start to think about together. So that's a good night is night date, date night as well. It's as well as like, you know, something that you guys discussed like right now may not be the same thing you would want in three or four years. It continuously changes. My husband, like his career goal is consistently changing. And I'm just like, look, like, just keep me informed on what we're doing in the next couple of years. And I I've got your you. back. Yeah. Um, I've got your back. I've got us covered after you get out of the service and I've got you while you're in service. So whatever we're going to do, just, you know, kind of keep me in the loop, but you know, we occasionally will discuss it um, on date nights, usually when we're out and about like on dinner or something by ourselves, it's always changing. And my goals are always changing too. So it's, it's interesting to see what people will say, like, you know, my dream house right now would be this, but you know, in five years, I'd be like, just give me a little cabin on the side of the mountain and I'm a okay. Yeah. 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 Totally agree. So our next question would be what advice would you give 
to newlywed couples? And then what would be something that you would give advice to those who have been going on 12 to 10 10 years. I know, especially in the military, we all kind of face different challenges at those different stages. And I know for people who are like myself, who've been married for 10 plus years, we're kind of stuck in our ways. And so getting outside of the comfort zone to communicate again could be a little more trying at times. So what would you give advice to those people and those who are newly, more newlyweds? Well, for newlyweds, um, I think you hit on the idea. One of the things that we would tell the newlyweds is, hey, be a, in this newlywed era, be a student of your spouse. I mean, get to know your spouse. For the most part, you may not have been living together before you got married, but if you did, okay, fine. But uh, you're going to start to learn things mm-hmm. about your spouse that you had no idea of, likes, dislikes. So being a student of your spouse very early in the marriage uh, can help uh, in the development of the marriage going long-term. And not just things yep. like, because these are going to come up as well, right? Where to squeeze the toothpaste, how to put the toilet paper on the roll, uh, who sweeps, who vacuums, that kind of stuff. You know, those are the things you, you kind of learn when you're with a roommate, you know, of the mm-hmm. same sex. But also things like, when's a good time for my husband to process information that I'm giving him? Is he a morning person? Is he an evening person? Does he like dinner, you know, if I'm a stay-at-home wife at this time, does he like dinner right when he walks in or he likes to settle down and go tinker a bit in, in the garage or, or whatever they, they like to do, but learn what is the best way and how your spouse processes information. Because, you know, there's things we have to inform them about, but if we do it at the wrong time, it could cause some conflict. So learn those things. And then, and then if your spouse isn't being you know learning those things about you then tell them you know so as i was saying with the newlyweds is just be make make sure you're being a student of your spouse so when's the best time to approach when's the best time to bring up information i was saying that on the way to work because we drive in together i don't like that we have a, a deep discussion where decisions have to be made i'm preparing my brain for transitioning from home to work drinking the coffee right? yeah that's what my brain is and i, and I don't want to make big decisions and so on you know where we're going to go to eat for dinner that's fine but nothing deep so but Mm -hmm. learn those things about your spouse as as a newlywed also to recognize that in even in the in the newlywed phase marriage is work at some point in time no yeah Mm -hmm. at some point in time the luster of of the (laughs) being together (laughs) and looking at each other lovey-dovey and etc yeah, Google eyes and all that kind of stuff. Uh, at some point, it's not that it's going to end. Uh, it's it's reality of other things are going to be coming in. You know, work, mm-hmm. um, deadlines, things on that nature there. And so, hey, you know, understand that marriage is work then. You, you can't jettison the marriage relationship and focus strictly on work. So be a student of your spouse. Recognize when's the best times to communicate uh, and recognize that marriage is work. And in my closing with the newlyweds, I think the best answer to give with respect to, uh, you know, do you squeeze from the middle? Yeah. <laughs> and does the toilet paper come over? Does it come under? I think the best solution is two bathrooms. 
<laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> it has helped us tremendously. Yeah. <laughs> you never go back to one bathroom. <laughs> it's so funny because like, I don't ever remember having these conversations like toilet paper under, toilet paper over. But I will know like there are certain ways like to make a grilled cheese. Like I got schooled on how to appropriately make a grilled cheese. Like I, for some reason, always put butter on my bread. My husband was just like, no, that is not how you do it. You have to put it on the pan first and then you put the bread on and then you swirl it around. And I'm like, this is, are we really discussing a lot of work way to make a grilled cheese? It's a grilled cheese. Just eat the grilled cheese or make it yourself. So now Anytime we have grilled cheese, 95% of the time he makes them because I still don't make them appropriately even after 10 years. And I'm okay with that because that means one night I don't have to cook. So. Score. The mission is accomplished whichever yeah. way the butter goes on. Yeah. As for the, the marriages that are 10 plus years here, where um, the marriage relationship starts to get become more and more complex. Uh, it's no longer, for the most part, it's no longer just you and your spouse. Now it's you, your spouse, and now you have, you know, offspring, kids. And kids tend to, at some point in time, learn to play one parent against the other. And so what we end up telling couples is that, hey, one thing you got to understand when it comes to God's plan for marriage, uh, he talks about being one flesh, but there's a purpose for being one flesh, and that is to create, you know, offspring which means you have a, a parenting role. And so we tell couples, even though you're one individual, one human being, you really have three distinct persons within you. You're a worker, you're a husband to a bride, uh, and you're a father to the kids. Or if you're female, you could be a worker. And if you're not working, if you're a stay-at-home mom, well, well that's the biggest work, that's mm-hmm. right. So it's <laughs> working, um, you're a wife, and you're a mother. And those are three distinct roles. And what we tell couples is you, you cannot forget those marriage and parenting relationships, especially in the military community where, you know, we're, we're exhausted when we come home. Yeah, you're right. We're, we're exhausted when we come home. But it should not give you the excuse to jettison or neglect the marriage and parenting relationship. I'll tell you what, your spouse doesn't care how much time you spent at the office, you're back, you're home now and wants their husband. Your kids, they don't care you're G.I. Joe or G.I. Jane. They don't care. They, they want mom, they want dad. And so what we tell couples is really, really take a look at your 24-hour day. Yeah. Map it out, your sleep, your time at work. Chances are in 24 hours, you may only have three to four hours back home. And in that three to four hours, you need to make a conscious effort to be a husband to your wife. And you need to be a conscious effort to be a dad or a mom to the kids. So if that means, you know, 15 to 20 minutes, fantastic. But if you come home, plop yourself on the couch and say, I'm exhausted and all I want to do is watch the game, then we can see that the work relationship dominates the marriage relationship and the parenting relationship. And that's not a good thing for the, for the family dynamic, nor is it a good thing for the military. And hence our strong marriage, strong parenting, strong house. That creates a strong army. And so right. that's what we try to tell couples as well. Don't neglect, don't jettison your, your marriage and your parenting responsibilities as well. 
Mm-hmm. And it, it is hard. I know. Cause my husband works 12 hour shifts every single day and like he comes home exhausted, but he, he does a pretty good job of it because he knows I'm also exhausted. I've been working. I homeschool our kids. So he tries really hard to step into it. He really does only get, like you're saying, like three hours where it's just us. And then he's exhausted and he goes to bed. So when you look at the 24 hour day and you realize how much, how little time you have at home, then you realize I've got to make the very best of that little time that I yeah. have. You got to cherish it, right? Yeah. You do. Yeah, and I, and that, the, I'm not a cliche guy, but actually it kind of is true. It is about quality time, uh, not quantity, because you don't have a whole lot of time. No, so, so it is really quality time. What are you doing in that short period of time that you have to be a husband or wife and to be a father or a mother? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we try to do uh, date nights with our kids. So we'll, um, you know, sometimes it'll just be dad and Devlin. Sometimes it'll be me and Devlin. Claire's still really young. She's, um, she'll be three in May. So we, I'll take her with me, but like, we haven't really gone on anything like date night, like where we go out to like a movie or dinner together. We go do, you know, shopping together, things like that. So we, we haven't done a lot because of COVID, but you know, we, we do try to, you know, especially when we see that dynamic of behaviors acting out and things like that, we're like, okay, okay, cool. Like, obviously we need to spend more one-on-one time with you. You know, let's, let's figure this out and do something fun together. And I think, but it's also important to note that you also have to like take time for yourself. Like, yes, like you need to like work together as a family unit, but if you also are just over max stressed and exhausted, then it's going to seep over into those roles as a wife or a mother, or even into the workplace. So even if you need that time to say, Hey, like I need to go shopping I need to get out of the house, I'm going to go run to target. I'm going to go run to the range. I'm going to go for a hike or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, making sure you communicate that with your significant other. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. You know, Ashley, you hit on something very important. One of the things that we tell dads is to date their daughter at some, you know, they're going to, they're going to be 16. Our granddaughter 16. They're going to be 16 one day, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they're going to be 15 one day. All of a sudden, you know, boys are going to look different to them. Uh, and, and to our grandson or to our son when he's grown up, you know, girls are going to look different to them at some point in time. And so dating our, me, when I was dating our daughter and, and Donna, when she was dating our son, it was to show them the expectation that a, that a man or a gentleman should be treating you mm-hmm. and, 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 and vice versa with Donna and, and Vince Jr. So, because if you don't you know, train them in that kind of way, um, then all they're going to get their training from is going to be friends, locker room talk, now movies, books, and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So you you date your, your if you're the dad, you date your daughter and treat her uh, as a young lady so that she knows how to be treated when she starts seeing other boys yeah. and vice versa with the yeah. mom and the son. I would teach my son, you know, when we walk into the restaurant or the store that he should get the door for me. So he had, you know, we had to train him to do that. He, he'd see his dad do it all the time. But, you know, when you're 10, you forget, right? You yeah. In the store right away. Yeah. So I would yeah, I always make, open that door for me. Yeah. I always make it a big deal. Like when Devlin does something like that, he's only six, but when he does something like that, I'm like, oh my gosh, like what a gentleman. Like, I'm like, <laughs> make it such a big deal. And he's like, thanks mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, good. That's, That's wonderful. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I opened Donna's door to this day. 
and in the car or door to restaurants, restaurants or, or buildings mm -hmm. or whatever the case may yeah. be. So set the example. Yeah. Say so another thing that I've noticed more as we got older is really not just communication about big things, but the little things. I I end up being mad at my husband for things he's never done. <laughs> like I'm mad because he didn't realize that he needed to pick up his shoes. And I, it's because I failed to communicate with him that like, that's something that I expect you to do. It becomes so routine that he should be doing those things. But then when he's busy and doesn't think about it, I am so mad in my I mind. In my like, <laughs> I like let it like fester over the silliest things where you're like, if I would have just communicated like, hey, I just swept the floors. Can you make sure your shoes got on the rack? It would have been nothing. He'd have picked them up and we'd have been fine and moved on. But it's funny, like the communication over the little things as you get older, I think is where you really have to step back in and actually set those different rules because when you're you get so used to each other I guess that so you're saying that he gets used to me picking up after him when some days I'm like I don't want to pick up after you I've cleaned up after the kids like well I think Sabrina what you pointed out it really helps wives come to the conclusion that men are not mind readers right yeah <laughs> I am so guilty of this it's not I even too. funny I'm so, I'm so guilty <laughs> it's it, i'll be like oh i just need your like he'll be like what's wrong with you i'm like it would just be nice if you do something he's like just ask and i'm like oh, i don't want to ask i just want you to do it i'm the worst <laughs> at this i'm the worst yeah and that you know that causes a lot of arguments because women would say well he should know he should know this by now <laughs> he doesn't know he does not know that that's what you want or that's what you like he doesn't know god gave you to him to help him and so to help him, you've got to communicate it to him because all that thinking that he should know, he doesn't. Right. And it, it ends up causing you to be so angry and they have no idea it's happening. They're like, why are you mad at me? Like, I did nothing. Yes. And they're not angry. It's not bothering them one bit. No. The only person who's mad is you. <laughs> yeah. It's. I'm so bad about that because I feel bad when like when he's gone and deployed, I think about those things and I'm like, man, I overreact so much about the silliest little things. When he's gone, I clean up everything and I never like think twice about it. But when he's home, I expect him to know that he should be cleaning and it's, it's, it's irrational. It really is. But it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> You're not the only one, girl. You're not the only one. Right. <laughs> and by the way, is, is when you become a student of your spouse, I mean, the husbands will pick up on some things, you know, they'll be, they'll, they'll, you know, pleasantly surprise you now and then, but it's now and then. It's not <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not psychic. No, not yeah. at all. Right, exactly. I think the last question we had is, you've worked a lot with a lot of military now that you've been here for a while at Bragg, and what is a common struggle that you guys kind of see with, you know, like a trend that people have struggles with in the military and relationships? Yeah. yeah, so one of the things that we were just talking about right now is, is, is communication. communication. So, you know, understanding really what, what is communication and how to resolve conflict. There's a pastor in out in Iowa, his name is Dr. Gary Rosberg. And he says, hey, look, it's not a matter of if you're going to have conflict, it's when you're going to have conflict. And so every relationship will have conflict, whether it's a work relationship, a marriage relationship, parenting relationship sibling relationship, show me a relationship, you're going to have conflict. And so the idea then is to understand how to resolve conflict, especially in a marriage that maintains what we call the swan flesh. 
But sometimes what ends up happening is when you're in conflict and you, you start to defend your position, what ends up happening is you start to separate from one another. You, you start to separate. And so as a result of the separation, the issue no longer becomes the issue. Resolving conflict starts to escalate in, in tone. In, and then from tone, it starts to be accusational rather than dealing with the issues. And then all of a sudden you're, you're in one room, your spouse is in the other room, and then you're trying to figure out what we're actually talking about. Yeah. <laughs> what was right. the issue? So yeah. it's a matter of how do we resolve conflict that maintains the relationship to be in one. We attended many marriage type conferences. One of the biggest cliches, if you will, is to say that you're not my enemy. There is an enemy, but you're not, you're not him or her. You're mm -hmm. not him. And, and so we would come to the conclusion to say, it's right, man. Someone's trying to separate us uh, and we need to come back together to maintain this one flesh. So communication, resolving conflict, finances. Finances is a huge aspect in marriage. And you, have, may have, you may have been a saver. Spouse may be a spender that is a conflict so how do you deal with those mm -hmm. kinds of things mm -hmm. um, especially with the younger soldiers you know because they don't make a lot of money and then they're coming here and there's so many different things to do some of them are the first time away from their parents yeah. and they're yeah own. that was my husband i feel like because when like we were dating but when he got to his first duty station he was in hawaii and i wasn't there yet and he was buying car he bought you know like he was so used to spending and then when i moved there we had to think about living in an apartment and buying actual groceries because you can't go to the DFAC. And there's so many other things that we were, had to put money towards that it was it was a struggle when we were, especially as we were newlyweds, like yeah. how do you budget that? And it's not much money when you're really young either, yeah. so. Not at all. And when you're first learning, you're gonna make mistakes. Mm -hmm. You're first learning that. So it can be very difficult for new soldiers. With our ministry being more of, of, of a Bible-based type ministry, it's very interesting because we would have uh, actual classes on uh, money and finances. And we would start the class out by asking, if you had to take a guess how many verses in scripture there is that deals with money and finances, what would you say? And people would toss out a number, toss out a number, toss out a number. Well, let's hear what they have to say. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Lots though. Yeah. Like, yeah. Give me a number. 70. I don't know. I'm really okay. awful at that. Yeah. I was going to say, you guessed higher than I was. I was going to say like 48, but okay. okay. There's over 2000 verses. <laughs> Whoa, here we are. <laughs> that, deals, that deals with money and finances. But here's the point. If there's 2000, well, there is, there's 2000 verses in scripture that deals with money and finances. Well, then God has a lot to say about money and finances. And if he has to say a lot about money and finances, well, maybe we should understand what he has to say about it. And so in scripture, he taught, there's, there's, there's verses that relate to, to debt, to credit, to investments, to finances, tithing. to tithing, to giving, all of these different aspects of money and finances that for the most part, a, a lot of church folk don't understand because they're not studying money and finances. And so when we, we go through that class, a lot of eyes are opened up. Mm -hmm. So wow, I've never even considered this. Yeah. So if they want to be good stewards of the money that God has entrusted them, well, then we need to understand what does God have to say about finances. So that course has been, it's been the most requested repeat course that we've ever had. It's called Mastering Money in Your Marriage. But that's huge because finances is a big thing for couples. Mm -hmm. uh, it causes a lot of arguments. 
That's a tremendous amount. So we have that. The parenting. Uh, the parenting. Great classes in parenting as well. Uh, Malachi uh, 2.15 addresses what our role as parents should be, and that is to create godly offspring. And what we tell couples is that, hey, you know, think about that. You, you're not to create your surname offspring. I mean, how'd that work out for Cain and Abel? I mean, for Adam and Eve right, via Cain and Abel. <laughs> it didn't work out too well. So we, we, we tell them, on the, we give them the understanding through scripture that uh, the kids are, you know, a heritage from the Lord. And we help them understand that to create godly offspring, well, you got to understand what does that mean? What does that involve? And so again, there's a lot of scripture verses that helps parents be parents. And with that said, we always let them know that as parents, they should always be on the same page, always, about what's the goal of parenting, how do we train, how do we guide, how do we instruct, how do we lead, and if necessary, how do we uh, discipline our kids, and they must be on the same page. Because if you're not on the same page, the kids are going to know that, and that's where the one plays off against the other parent, and then it affects the marriage relationship. So understanding this role are very, very important uh, to, to develop, godly offspring, to develop one flesh in your marriage relationship. So those are some of the things that we come across. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that means a lot to be on the same page because as it is with my husband being deployed frequently, I am the one obviously who has to do punishing and has to hold the rules in our house. And so we've come to an agreement that though he would normally parent different, he has to kind of step back and parent the way I do because they're used to this way. And if he comes in in a more aggressive or firm way from what we're used to doing, they're not going to react well. I, and there's going to be like a major overreaction, I think, on their side when for the year mom does it this way. This is the mom's rules. He comes in and he says, no, this is our rules. And I'm going to continue to follow those rules, but you have to respect me as well. So it has helped us, yeah, to kind of be on the same parenting range, yeah. I guess. And you hit it on the head, Samantha. Yeah, our really rules. Good. It's mm -hmm. our, It's not mom's rules. It's our rules. Mm -hmm. And that's great because it sends a signal to the kids. Uh-oh. Can't play one against the other. <laughs> yeah. They're on the same page. So. United. We can't <laughs> break them up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. All right. Well, it's been really wonderful talking to you guys. I'm glad to have met you guys and come across your ministry as we did and have you here to discuss some of the hard parts and some of the really fun, enjoyable parts of dates and all that that we've gotten to know you guys through. Um, do you guys want to go ahead and tell us where that people can connect with you if they wanted to get a hold of you? Sure. Um, well, they can connect via our, our face page. We actually have two fa uh, Facebook pages. Uh, one's a public and one's a private. Uh, typically, the private one is when we do our Sunday nights. Um, it's kind of restricted to those folks on the side there. But our Facebook pages is My Beloved Marriage Ministries. Uh, just go to Facebook, right? My Beloved Marriage Ministries. Our toll-free number, they can call us through our toll-free number, which is 888-ROCK-STUDY, uh, um, R-O-C-K-S-T-E, the first letters of study, mm -hmm. S-T-E. Or, or through our email, which is mybelovedmm at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, if you guys have anything adding to the end of the conversation, otherwise we've really enjoyed talking to you. Yeah. I think in close, oh, maybe I'll say something. Yeah, I think it's really important for the couples to be sure that they get involved in some studies. Um, you know, many times, well, just in soldiers themselves, they go through training all the time, right? And they have to retrain and retrain. 
for whatever profession you're in, as if you're a stay-at-home mom, maybe you're a nurse and you got to keep going doing your certificates, right? Or whatever your job may be, but you have to keep learning. And so where do we learn about marriage? How do you learn how to communicate? How do you learn about finances? How do you learn about parenting? So it's really important for, for you as a couple to get involved in some classes so that you can learn these things, go through these topics, hear you know, the game plan and how you're gonna do things, what works, what doesn't work for your family so that you're talking about it. Because if you think that you're just gonna go through life and well, we're gonna get it right, there's gonna be you know, some heartache there where you can get it right a lot easier if you're trained properly. So look for those classes, go to the Strong Bond events. Um, I don't know how many more they're gonna be having, but you know, try to get to as many events that you can as a couple to learn these things um, so that you can get trained. Yeah, to piggyback on Strong Bonds, I, I think the Army has a phenomenal program. The Army Strong Bonds is phenomenal. I think unfortunately though, a lot of folks look at Army Strong Bonds in a negative light, meaning sometimes they're directed to go to these army strong bonds because their marriage is in trouble. So you need to go to a strong bonds. Yeah. Well, then who the heck wants to go to strong bonds? You know what I mean? I don't want to be caught in strong bonds because those are for trouble, troubled marriages. I don't want to learn about parenting because that's telling me I'm a bad parent. So our messaging about army strong bonds needs to change in terms of, Hey, it it's to celebrate marriage, give you tools, give you ideas and thoughts and how to maintain the marriage relationship, how to maintain family relationships. If it's a family event. Um, and so Army Strong Bonds, I, I'm a big, well, we are big advocates of Army Strong Bonds, and I'm certified just about every single thing in Army Strong Bonds. So those who have attended our Strong Bond events have always said, wow, this, this is totally different. I never imagined uh, an Army Strong Bonds to be so good. So um, it's all in the messaging, and it's all about the attitude that marriage is to be celebrated. Parenting is to be celebrated. And so let's celebrate marriage. We didn't go to the altar thinking, I'm going to divorce this person in five years. We didn't. And so we went to the altar believing until death do us part. And so what are we going to do to maintain this oneness and this parenting that will keep us till death do us part? So marriage is to be celebrated. Yes. Marriage is to be honored. And those are the types of things that we have through our ministry. Do we do counseling? We do. But that's one aspect yeah. of seven. Yeah, uh, our approach is, is proactive. Why? Why are we going to wait until you need a counselor? Right. Let's not do that. Let's learn how to do these things prior to that. Let's celebrate marriage. Let's celebrate that we're learning how to do finances. Let's celebrate that we're learning how to communicate. Let's celebrate that we're going on a date. You know, let's not wait to go talk to somebody when it's really difficult and so many hurts and pains are there and the wounds are deep. Yeah. let's go yeah. before that way before that maintain like you maintain your car exactly yeah and yeah i'm glad you brought up strong bonds i was gonna say because that those we went to so many of those especially when we were younger and they are amazing they're they're a great way and you get a most time get to stay somewhere fun too so not only are you going to these wonderful classes but you're gonna go on dates where it's like paid for dates and it's wonderful yeah. so i would also reach out and like 
want to say that like you can go to these strong bond events by yourself. Um, I've actually been to two strong bond events and both times it was when my husband was deployed and just going myself, I was able to learn yeah. um, new ways to communicate because we definitely both have very different ways to, we communicate. And so it was really interesting to see like, okay, like it makes a little bit more sense on how, why he does that or why I do this. Right. Um, so even if you can't go together, like going and getting those tools and then bringing them back and discussing is just as good. Yes. Absolutely. Good point. You know, I'll, I'll end it with this in terms of a scale. Um, we always tell couples, Hey, if you were to plant, tell me on a scale of one to 10, where you think your marriage is today. And we never ask them to tell us. We're always asking it. Right write it down. Down. I said, what, what do you think if we were to move that to the right? You know, not that we'll ever get to a 10, but we shouldn't say, well, this is how I am. This is how it is. Yeah. No, let's, let's try to strive to move towards 10. So if your marriage is a 3.6, well, what if it was a 4.7 or a 5.2 and you continue to move you know, closer to 10 and becomes a seven? What if all military marriages and parenting were, were a 7.8 on a 10? How much stronger could the army be as a result of marriages and, and parenting family relationships are on a scale of one to 10 at that seven, eight number. Man, the, when, when, when the service member goes on deployment, doesn't have to worry about what's going on back home. Marriage is squared away. Kids are squared away. I can focus on the mission. I'm good to go. Mm -hmm. That's the goal of, of in our philosophy of ministry where we say strong marriage, strong parenting, equals a strong home and that creates a strong army. I agree. Having that strong connection before you go and have to worry about deployments is where it really is. That's important. Yeah. All right. Well, I've really enjoyed having you here and I hope that everybody listening has had a good time enjoying the information that they've given to us and we'll reach out to them if you're here at Fort Bragg and maybe start joining some of their awesome classes they offer here. Um, I'm sure that we will try to once my husband gets back. That'd be really great things for us too. So, awesome. awesome. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you. All right. Well, you guys have a great night. Thank you again for joining us here for Ruck Up Buttercup. This episode, I'm glad that you joined us to meet my beloved marriage ministry. And we hope that you come back later this month for our next episode as another girly chat between all of us girls. Thank you for joining us. Have a great one.